legacy, the legacy blessing. Legacy has to do with what you leave in the earth. Legacy has to do with what you build, what you produce, the children you have, the grandchildren you have, your family line, your bloodline. Legacy has to do with what you leave in the earth with your time in the earth. And there are a few legacy blessings in the scripture where God shows up to a person and says, not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless everything you put in the earth. I'm going to bless everything you leave in the earth. I'm going to bless everything for all of your family line. There's going to be a blessing on future generations that they didn't pray for, that they didn't qualify for, they didn't even ask for. They just received because of what you did. Legacy blessing. Now, we got to start with this premise. God, by nature, is a blesser. God is a blesser. On God's worst day, at his very least, he is a blesser. The first thing God did to mankind after creating Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 27 and 28, the Bible says that man was created in the image of God. And as soon as mankind was created, Adam and Eve are standing there. The first thing God did, the first thing God said was he blessed them. He did it first, and it matters that he did it first, because what God does first establishes his character, his heart, and his intent for the future of a thing. So when he looked at mankind, he said, for the rest of time, man is going to know me as a blesser. Say, God is a blesser. Now, God is a blesser anyway, regardless of what you do. Let that sit on you a minute. God is a blesser anyway, regardless of what you do. And I can prove it to you. All of us have received at least one blessing that we know we didn't deserve, that we know we didn't qualify for. All of us have received at least one blessing that we didn't even pray for, we didn't sow a seed for, we didn't have anybody lay hands on us. We just, we just got a blessing that we know we didn't deserve. We got a blessing that came out of nowhere. You ever had a blessing just come out of nowhere from the Lord? God is a blesser. However, there are certain things you can do for God that excites him and grabs his attention in a profound way. And when you give to God, he always gives back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And, and it's one thing for God to bless you. But there are certain things that will cause God to bless your children and your grandchildren after you. There are certain things you can do that will cause your future family line to walk in a, general, in a generational blessing they are not responsible for. Bible says in Hebrews that Abraham paid a special tithe to the priest Melchizedek and God blessed him. But Hebrews goes on to say that Abraham's great-grandson Levi was blessed that day. He wasn't born yet. His daddy wasn't born yet. His granddaddy wasn't born yet. But the great-grandson of Abraham was blessed when Abraham gave Melchizedek a special tithe. One offering blessed four generations. That's a legacy blessing. David said, I have been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed, their descendants 
begging for bread. God is going to bless you, Christian world, and he's going to bless your children, and he's going to bless your grandchildren, and he's going to bless your great-grandchildren. It's a legacy blessing. It's a legacy day. I came with a prophetic anointing to announce your future before it arrives. This day marks the day that a legacy blessing gets released in your family that will affect the generations that come from your family line. David said, David said, God, I, I, I've been so blessed. And I was just sitting here thinking about how much you've done for me and how good you've been to me. And God, I, I'd like to build you a house. And when he says that, God goes crazy. He just, God loses it. So that night, the Lord appears and he releases 10 blessings over David. We, we read them in the text. We skipped through some of them just for the sake of time. But I want to I wanna go through the 10 blessings that God said and released over David. Just because David said, just because it was the intent of his heart, you know, God looks at the intents of your heart. He looks at the desires of your heart. The Bible said that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. It doesn't say he's a rewarder of those that find him. You don't even have to find him. Just seeking him will bring a reward to your life. And so David, he hadn't built nothing yet. He just has an intent in his heart. I'd like to build God a house. God loses it and shows up and releases 10 blessings. They were in the text that we read. I'll, I'll mention them briefly. Number one, God says, I will make you a house. You want to build me a house? Guess what? I'm going to build you a house. And God wasn't talking about a, a a building. He was talking about a household, a bloodline, a blessed lineage, okay, a blessed family legacy, a blessed bloodline. Then number two, he said, you will sleep with your fathers, meaning you will die with your fathers. And that doesn't sound like a blessing, but it is. Because when anytime you see the fathers mentioned in scripture, everybody say fathers, especially in the Old Testament, they're always talking about the patriarchs, the pillars of the nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the big three, the fathers. And what God was saying to David is, I'm going to raise your status to the level of a patriarch. David did not descend from a patriarch. David did not descend from a king. David was the son of a shepherd and a shepherd himself. He had, he had no heritage of greatness in his life. And yet God said, because you want to build me a house, I'm going to raise your status. I'm going to raise your reputation. And when you go to sleep or when you die, you are are going to be counted right up above there with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then number three, God says, I will set up your seed, your descendants after you. This is generational anointing and a generational appointment from God. In other words, David, you, your children and grandchildren, they don't have to kill a lion and a bear and a giant like you did. David, you had to work your way and earn your way into this spot. But for your children and your grandchildren, they're going to get elevated and promoted just because of what you did when you said you wanted to build me 
a house. And, and David, what I'm doing in you won't die with you. What I'm doing in you will be visited to your children and visited to your grandchildren. They don't even have to pray it. They don't even have to ask for it. I'm going to do it to them and for them just because of what you said you wanted to do for me. Number four, I will establish the kingdom of your children forever. 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 That means 150 years from now when people ask your great-great-grandchildren how they got so blessed, they'll say, my great-great-grandparents decided one day to build God a house. My great-great-grandparents went to Christian World Ministries, and they got in a service one day where the preacher was screaming about God's going to bless my house forever, and they believed it, had faith in it. Something was released in our family, and things just ain't ever been the same. Can't take no credit for it. I can't give you a reason for it, but that's why I still got pictures of great-great-grandpa and great-great-grandmama on the wall because they did something with God that caused the whole family line to be blessed. And number five, I will establish his throne forever. What this means is a lineage of leaders. Then we ain't going to have no broken down kids and grandkids. We ain't going to have no feeble kids and grandkids. We ain't going to have no kids and grandkids that have to serve somebody. They will serve because they have good character, but they won't have to serve because that's their only option. It's going to be a lineage of leaders, leaders in the political sphere, leaders in the kingdom of God, leaders in the kingdoms of this world, leadership, leadership, a lineage of leaders. Everybody say, leaders, come out of my line. Number six, I will be his father. In other words, in other words, David, your, your son and your grandson and, and your great-grandsons, I'm going to be a father to them. Now, this is beautiful. Because I don't know about you. Let me just be transparent with you for a minute. Sometimes I worry Sometimes I worry about my boys, Levi and Samuel. I worry about the time in their life after I die. When daddy's gone, what if they, what if they need guidance? What if they need some good advice? You know, nobody can advise my boys like me. What if they need provision? What if they run into a situation that they don't have the resources for? You know, if I'm there, I can give them anything they need. But, but what about when they need something and I'm not there? And I'm, I'm sure David had this fear too. And so God said, David, when you're gone, when your days run out, I myself will assume the responsibility for guiding and providing for your children and your grandchildren. Yeah. They, they won't be all by themselves in the earth when it's time for you to leave. I will step in and increase the role in their lives. I'll increase my presence and my power in their lives. I'll increase my presence and, and how I flow with them in their lives. I will be there. 
their father. That's why David would later write, if your mother and father forsake you because of death, the Lord will raise you up. doesn't mean the Lord will pick you up. It means the Lord will literally, literally raise you like a parent raises a child. I'm going to be, I'm going to be his father. Number seven, I will chasten him with the rod of men. This don't sound like a blessing. I'm going to whip him. I'm going to discipline him with the rod of men. Let me unpack what that means. God said, David, because, because you wanted to build me a house, I'm never going to judge your son. I'm never going to judge your grandson. I'm never going to judge your bloodline. And this is why this is important. Because the judgment of God is harsh. When God decides to judge, it's harsh. And the problem with God judging you is, if the judgment is harsh, there's no one to appeal to because there's no power higher than God. So God said, I'm going to bless you by allowing all of the discipline, all of the chastisement, all of the judgment to come from men, not me. That way, if the judgment of the man is too harsh, they can always go to heaven's appeals court and ask me to overturn the decision. Ask me for deferred adjudication. Ask me. Number eight, I will have mercy. My mercy will not depart from him. No matter what your boy does, no matter what your grandson does, no matter what your great-grandson does, David, you done messed around and done something for me, and I'm just going to make this declaration to you. My mercy will never depart from your bloodline. Christian world, do you hear me? The mercy of God is going to visit your bloodline in every generation. You, your son, your daughters, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids, the mercy will never depart. Give him praise right now for the mercy. He says, number nine, your household, your bloodline will be established forever with kings. Your bloodline is going to be established Y'all are missing that word. It's like I'm not, it's my fault. It's not your fault. I'm not driving it enough. Your bloodline will be established forever with kings. In other words, there's always going to be a king from now to the end of the world. There's always going to be a king that descended from you. Now you may say, wait a second. There ain't a king in Israel today. Yes, there is. Jesus Christ is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. It's been 3,000 years since God gave that promise to David that night, but Jesus is still on the throne. And might I remind you that Jesus is the great, 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 
grandson of King David himself. God keeps his promises. When he says, I'm going to make your bloodline kings forever, he meant I'm going to make your bloodline kings forever. And today in this building, there is a blessing from the Lord coming upon your descendants, coming upon your bloodline. If you believe it, say yes. Number 10, your throne or your dominion will be established forever. You will dominate. You will not be dominated. Your children will dominate. They will not be dominated. Your grandchildren will dominate. They will not be dominated. Now, I, I, I know. It's like those are 10 good things right out of the word of God. I, I, I know that's good. But I know that some of you, like me, have, you know, a, a, a mind that's a critical thinking mind. You just wonder, but, but pastor, my children aren't living for God. My children don't even have faith. You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please them. My grandchildren, they're not, they're not even exposed to the things of God. Or a few, not insulting anybody, but a few of you, you just got, you just got children or grandchildren that, that are just bad. Bad seed, you know. In jail or in prison. Maybe they hurt somebody. Maybe they got messed up one night and killed somebody behind the wheel. You know, maybe there's a whole lot of mess and a whole lot of evil. Maybe there's a whole lot of ugly going on down in your family line. And you say, Pastor, doesn't that cancel this blessing? Absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to prove it to you in the scripture. Let's look at David's kids and his grandkids and his great grandkids. You want to go on a journey in the scripture with me? Let's look at it together. First of all, let's consider Solomon. First Kings 11, 1 through 13. First Kings 11. 1 through 13, but King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. But Solomon clung to these in love. Some of your children love the wrong people. Some of your grandchildren love the wrong people. And, and Solomon had 700 wives. And 300 concubines. I don't have time to tell you what a concubine is, but it ain't good. <laughs> and his wives turned away his heart. For it was so that when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart 
after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father David. And then Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the false god. Listen to me. Every false god in the world, it's not just a misunderstanding. It's not just that people don't know better. Every false god in the world has roots tied directly to Satan. Okay? Okay. Every false god was set up by the satanic underworld and lies were told to the family of men about them. Okay, so when you're talking about when you're talking about committing sins, that's one thing. But when you get over into committing idolatry, idolatry is when you turn away from the true and living God and you set your worship, your love, and your affection and your sacrifice on something that was brought into the earth by demons. He 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 went after Ashtaroth, the god the goddess of the Sidians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father, David. Now, now keep reading. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. He built a sanctuary for a demon God right beside the temple where David built God a house. Desecrated it. Okay. And he did likewise for all of his foreign wives. How many wives did he have? Do you remember? That means he built 700 demonic temples. One for each of his wives. So the Lord became angry with Solomon. You see that? So the Lord became angry with Solomon. You ain't reading this word with me. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned for the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and not kept my covenant, my statutes, what I, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear away the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. In other words, I'm going to take your kingdom because you messed up so bad. You desecrated this. You set up all this demonic evil in this kingdom. You turned away the hearts of my people from me and turned them over to demon gods. And because you did this, I ought to just tear away your whole kingdom. And I ought to give everything you got to the person who sweeps the palace floor. I ought to bypass your whole family line. I ought to tear everything away from you and tear you all the way down. Nevertheless... I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father, David. I'll tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear the whole kingdom. I'll give a tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. I ought to blast you off this earth right now. You've been taught better. You know better. I've appeared to you myself twice. I ought to wipe you and your whole bloodline out. I ought to cancel your kingdom right now. Not when you die. I ought to cancel your kingdom right now. And I ought to cancel the passing of rulership of any tribe. I ought to cancel it away from your son. 
But before you were born one day, your daddy was sitting out on his roof. And he said he wanted to build me a house. And so because of what your daddy said to me that day, I made him a promise. And so even though you're wicked, even though you're evil, even though you messed everything up, I ought to take everything from you now, but I'm going to let you live out your days. I'm going to leave you in place. I'm going to leave a kingdom to pass to your son. And I'm going to do it all for David, my servant's sake. That was 56 years. 56 years after David had made that promise. David's dead and gone, but the blessing is still active. 89 years later, 1 Kings 15, 1 through 5. 89 years after the promise. The legacy blessing is still active. Look at it. 1 Kings 15, 1 through 5. 1 Kings chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Mekcha, the granddaughter of Absalom. And he walked in all the sins of his father. Watch that. He walked in all the, you ain't watching this word with me. He walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by setting up his son after him and by establishing Jerusalem. Okay. 89 years later, the blessing was still active. That's legacy. That's legacy. 89 years later, you have a hard time thinking what's going to happen in your life in eight years. In 89 years, most of us won't even be here. In 89 years, most of us will have been in a grave for a long time. But in 89 years, this blessing is still going to be operating in the lives of your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Christian world, I came to tell you this morning, your labor is not in vain. Your faith is not in vain. Your giving is not in vain. Your service is not in vain. God watches what you do for him, and a generational legacy blessing is coming upon you and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Push three people, say your family line is blessed. Come on, tell them. Tell them strong. Tell them strong. Tell them strong. Your family line is blessed. Your family line is.
That means no sin has the power to overcome this blessing. That means no devil in hell has the power to overcome this blessing. That means no witch, no warlock has the power to overcome this blessing. That means no generational curse has the power to overcome this blessing. It doesn't matter what's been flowing negative in your family for years. It was flowing before you got to the earth. You had to inherit some struggles from those that passed you down. But today the blessing of the Lord, a legacy blessing, a generational blessing comes upon your head, comes upon your children, comes upon your grandchildren, some of those still unborn to time. Today the legacy blessing comes upon your life. Today the legacy harvest comes upon your life. Today a legacy Oh, come on and give God praise right there. One hundred and fifty-six years later. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. My son is blessed. My daughter is blessed. My grandson is blessed. My granddaughter's blessed. My great-grandkids are blessed. The blessing of the Lord is on my family. The blessing of the Lord is on my house. The blessing of the Lord is on my bloodline. It's a blessing that cannot be reversed. It's a blessing that cannot be. It's a blessing that One hundred and fifty-six years later, the blessing is still active. What will you be doing hundred and fifty-six years from now? I said, what will you be doing hundred and fifty-six years from now? You'll be pushing up daisies out of the ground, but the decision you've made for God will still be blessing your family line. You know what this means. This means you gotta be fruitful. This means you gotta multiply. This means God will ensure that you have somebody in the earth that's going to catch what falls when you step out of here. This means there will be no barrenness. This means barrenness has to break over your life. This means you gotta find you somebody. This means your son will get married and have children. This means your daughter will get married and have children. This means your grandkids will be married and have children. My family's blessed. My family's blessed. May not look like it now, but my family's blessed. My family's blessed. My son is blessed. My daughter's blessed. My grandkids are blessed. I'm blessed. Hundred and fifty-six years later, the legacy blessing given to David one day when he said, I want to build God a house. This is contextually 
the most offensive one to me. Because I know God is a God of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I know God said, be ye holy for I am holy. I know God expects us to read his word, to discern his commandments, and then obey them. Because through obedience to his commandments, our love is established for him. Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. But there's one little caveat to it. There's one little caveat to it that'll cause a blessing to come even on disobedient people. There's one caveat to it that'll cause the mercy of God to never take itself away from your bloodline. It's when somebody in the family, a pillar in the family, makes a decision. I want to do something for God. I want to give something to God. I want to build something for God. I want to establish something for God a hundred and fifty six years later in 2nd Kings chapter 8 16 through 19 look at this mess there's a whole lot of mess in this scripture come on put my scripture up there 2nd Kings chapter 8 verse 16 through 19 Then Elisha spoke, no, no, no. Now, in the fifth year of Jerom, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, having been the king of Judah, Jerom, the son of Jehoshaphat, began to reign as the king of Judah. He was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the way of the king of Israel just as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. You remember who Ahab was married to? And Jezebel had Jezebel's daughter, rather, was the recipient of a demonic impartation. This girl was twice as demonically anointed as her mama. And the descendant, the great, 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 great grandson of David married a spirit medium, a witch. He brought a witch into the house and did evil. I didn't say he sinned. I didn't say he messed up. I said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yet, 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 yet. The Lord would not destroy Judah. He wouldn't take away his kingdom. For the sake of his servant David, as he promised him to give a lamp to him and his sons. We talk so much in the charismatic Pentecostal church circles. We have taught for years about the force and the power and the stickiness of a generational curse. But as powerful as the most powerful generational curse is, it has nothing 
on the power of a generational blessing. Because generational curses are enforced in your family by Satan. But generational blessings are enforced in your family by God Almighty Himself. All, all of it, all of it, all of it. You got, it's like leopard print, but it's like pink and brown. Right there. The blessing of the Lord. I need an elder right now. Stand up, honey. When he lays his hand on your head, things begin to change today in your family line. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the word of Jesus. Father, let your blessing visit this family, this bloodline. For children and grandchildren, in the name of Jesus. For the establishment of your purpose, your plan, your order, God. Let it be so in her life, in Jesus' name. A, a hundred. A hundred. A hundred. A hundred and fifty-six years later, it's still flowing. Now it's 1145 and I got seven more examples in scripture where David's bloodline kept doing crazy things. And God kept showing up saying, I ought to kill you right now, but I'm not going to. For David, my servant's sake, I ought to destroy you right now, but I'm not going to. For David, my servant's sake. Do you, do you, remember, do you remember Hezekiah, the king? You remember that Isaiah went to him and said, the Lord said to get your house in order, you're about to die. And... Uh, Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and he began to pray and weep and he called out to God and he asked God to remember. He asked God to remember him and he, he implored God and he brought up his great, 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 great grandfather, David. The word of the Lord had come through the prophet. Hey, I love you. Your time's up. You know, all of our time runs out. And Hezekiah, you know, I'm doing this as a courtesy. Your time is up. You're about to die. Get everything in order, you know. But when Hezekiah brought up David, God sent Isaiah back in there. <laughs> and God said, because of my David servant, my servant David say, uh, I'm going to give you 15 more years. I'm going to add 15 more years to your life. And I'm going to protect your kingdom. And I'm going to keep you safe for David, my servant. Say, listen, listen, listen. Every family needs a pillar somewhere in the family. That when you run into something real strong. It's going to take you out. You can reach back to the pillar 
and say, God, for my grandmama's sake, for my granddaddy's sake, God, for, for my mama's sake, you know how my mama served you. You know how my daddy served you. God, God, for their sake, would you get me out of this? Every family's got to have a pillar somewhere. You've never seen in your life, and I'd give you the details, but you'd stop loving me and start hating me. You've never seen in your life a blessed man like the one looking at you right now. I'm blessed. I am ridiculously blessed. And it ain't even anything I did. Both my grandfathers worked to build God a house. Both my great-grandmothers were active in their church and a part of building God a house. My daddy's grandmother was a prayer warrior, an intercessor, and a prophet. My mama's grandmother was an organ player. There's some pillars back in my line. There's some pillars back there that built God a house. And I ain't got no choice but to be blessed. Because my family has some, has some pillars back there. Maybe, maybe yours does too, or maybe yours doesn't. But you can become one today. For those of you that are, that are new to the church, or maybe it's your first time, maybe it's your third time, whatever, um, I got to talk for a minute to the family, to those that are up under our spiritual covering, to those that are plugged in here. A time to build is so rare and so special because it's not always a time to build. You got to wait for a time to build it. And the legacy blessing, the blessing that comes on people who decide, I, I'd like to build God a house. I mean, that sounds good, but it's not always time to build God a house. And that's why this year is so very special. I want to, I want to introduce you to my family's dream, to our heart's desire to the thing we've been walking around crying over. We want to build God a house. And the Lord gave us these plans and these blueprints. And when we sat down with the engineer, your bishop and I, we both just went home and cried because there's a burning desire in our heart. We want to build God. We want to build God a house. And this word has been cooking in my spirit for three years. I've seen this a long way off. But I knew that the moment we, we had the heart and intention to build God a house, I knew that the blessing of the Lord was going to come in a forceful way and visit generations. 
And today I am so honored and thankful to give you the opportunity to do it with me. Let's build God a house. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our legacy center. If they could put it on the screen. Next slide. Next slide. We want to expand. We want to create more space. And over there, we want to build a house for God to meet our children and our grandchildren. An all-new children's center for worship, for ministry. That Bishop's been ministering for 51 years. And he's not slowing down anytime soon. And the Lord told me my ministry would span 50 years. And both of my sons are both called to the ministry. Amen. 50 years from now, children will still be ministered to, prayed over, baptized in the name of Jesus, and worshiping God in, in this place. It's a legacy center. And um, I had, a, I had a virtual tour, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to play it. It's going to take up too much time. I, I just I want to tell you that the, uh, the, the way we do things in this ministry is a little bit, was a lot different than the way most do. Um, we don't go, when God gives a vision and a dream, we don't go and ask a bank if we can borrow the money to do it. We believe in God that he will bless you and in turn you'll give into his kingdom and that we can build whatever vision he gives us out of that. And I, I asked the Lord how we would pay for this because it's, it's whopping, it's expensive. And he told me through the miracle of resurrection seed. Now, if you've never heard about Resurrection Seed, we do this one time a year, one time a year. 51 weeks out of the year, we give God 10%, the tithe. But one time on Resurrection Sunday, what the world calls Easter, we celebrate the God who gave up everything the God who gave it all for us by dying on the cross. We honor his sacrifice, not by bringing 10% that week, but by bringing 100%. We give God what amounts to one week's full income. And this is a prepared offering. Most people can't just do this on a whim or an instant decision. It's a prepared offering. So what, what we do, we're five weeks from Easter today. And what we do is we take one 
day's income and we set it aside for five weeks. It ends up being one week's salary. If you work more than five days a week, you, you do your own math and, and add whatever one week's income is. And there's a few things that, that you have to do because every year when we do this, God releases tremendous miracles as we sow our resurrection seed. I'll never forget Lawrence's wife, Sheila. They told her she would never be able to have kids. And the first year we did resurrection seed, she, she sowed a resurrection seed and she named her seed. And the Lord gave her a supernatural miracle and Xander was born. And then all of the rest of the exes, Zion and Zayden, all, all, and Zane, all the rest of them were born, but, but they were all the harvest of a seed, a sacrificial seed, a prepared seed. There's miracles in resurrection seed. You all remember my boy was brain dead on the right side of his brain. The, the whole right side, all the tissue was dead, horribly, horribly uh, damaged and, and just dead. And I gave a resurrection seed and I watched God and I've still got the images, the, the first x-ray where the tissue or MRI where the tissue is dead and then the next one where the tissue that was dead had come back to life again. God literally gave me a resurrection. <laughs> Businesses have been started as a result of resurrection seed. Businesses have been blessed and increased. Promotions have come as a result of resurrection seed. It's a powerful thing. But what I want you to do is I'm going to give you an envelope right now. Everyone, even if you're not going to participate, I still want you to hold this envelope in your hand. Ushers, elders, let's give these out very quickly, very quickly. Every person in the building, I want to get one. We say amen, amen, amen. Real soft. May his favor. Your family, your children, their children, their children. May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations. Even if they don't want one, just give them one. If, if you don't want it, just stick it under your seat. Just, I want everyone to have one. This is what the Lord instructed me to do. Everyone, I want you to get it. Don't do nothing with it yet. Just get it and hold it. In the evening. Everyone say, my family is blessed with a legacy blessing. My family is blessed with a legacy blessing. Come on, my family is blessed with a legacy blessing. With a legacy blessing. With a legacy blessing. It's prophetic. My family is blessed with a legacy blessing. My children, their children, their children. Blessed! 
Does everybody have one? If you don't have one, wave at me like a crazy person. If you don't have one, everybody have one? Okay, listen to me. These are the instructions. Now look, the instruction you choose to obey determines the future you create. This is on you. If you want to participate and do like David did and say, I want to build God a house, let me tell you for sure this building will not be built without people like you making a decision to say, you know what? I love God. I know what he's done for me. And I want to build God a house. Okay? And I just believe there's enough of you that we can do this. I just believe it. I just believe it. So here's the instruction. Don't put anything in that envelope today. If you want to give an offering today, you can, but don't use that one. Take this home with you. There's a, there's a prayer request card on the inside of it. Go ahead and open it and look at it. I want you to write down five things you're believing God for. Say it. Five things I'm believing God for. Look up at the screen. Write five things you're believing God for. Then I want you to begin each week to set aside, to devote, to consecrate one day's income every week for five weeks. If you put it in a certain account or if you free up a certain amount on your card, if you like to give that way, or if you put cash in there or if you're going to put a check in, I want you some way to set aside and prepare this seed. It grows in you each week as you prepare it. If you, don't, if you just put it on the shelf and you don't think about it for the next five weeks, it ain't going to happen. But if you will be diligent and in your devotion time, when you get your paycheck, if you'll say, okay, not only am I going to tithe, but I'm also going to pull off what, whatever one day's income is. I'm going to do the math. I'm going to add it up. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to pull it off. I'm going to set it aside. Name your seed. Okay? Every farmer names his seed. He knows if he's planting apples or he knows if he's planting tomatoes. He knows if he's, you know, going to have an orange tree or he knows if he's going to have watermelons coming out of the ground. When you sow a seed, you need to know what the seed's intention is. All right? What are you believing for? Name it. Pray over it once a day. Okay? Every day, just hold it in your hand and just pray and ask God, let your requests be made known to God. Let your prayer requests come out of your mouth, okay? And then on resurrection weekend, either Good Friday or resurrection Sunday, you bring the full one week's income. That's what resurrection seed is all about. And this year, the resurrection seed offering is going to be devoted to the Legacy Center. And we're going to start building. We're going to start building. And God's going to bring it to pass. And God will forever remember the day, this day, you were sitting in church and you did the same thing that David did. You just said in your heart, you know what? I'd like to build God a house. And just that heart, that intention, that decision releases a legacy blessing 
over your family. I want to say, I am blessed with a legacy blessing in the name of Jesus because it's my heart to build God a house. Stand to your feet. Give the Lord praise. Listen, listen. <clears throat> I love you. And, and even if you're not close and haven't even locked in and committed yet, we got to start we got to start being a family. You know, you can have a family and you not sit at them, you know, or sit with them at the dinner table, not go spend time with them, not, you know, take them places. You can have a family and not be a family, okay? We have a family here, but we, we're not always acting like it, okay? We have a revival coming up, uh, Passover weekend, April the 15th, 16th, and 17th with Bishop Tudor Bismarck. This is not for the city of San Antonio and a bunch of guests and people we don't know. This is for you, okay? And this is for your family and your friends. So I want you, number one, to make the decision. I mean, if you can't be in church on Good Friday, what is going on in your life? See, everything in the world, you can't be in church the night Jesus died for you on the cross. There's something just bad wrong, okay? Good Friday, 7 o'clock. Saturday, 7 o'clock. Sunday morning. Okay, Resurrection Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Bishop Tudor Bismarck's going to be with us all three services. We're going to be celebrating the Passover together as the Lord commands us to do. You've got to be here, family. Okay, we can't just have a family. We got to be a family. Say that we can't just have a family. We got to be a family. And when you're being a family, it's sometimes it's sacrifice. You know. I, I didn't always like sitting down at the table with, with Sammy when he, was, when he was two because he would throw his food at me, pick up his mashed potatoes and just throw them right on my face. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's a little messy. But you can't just have a family. You got to be a family. Come be the family. Come to revival. Okay. Make the decision. I implore you for your benefit. Make the decision to build God a house and participate in resurrection seed. And all these things I preach to you about, by the word of the Lord, come on you and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. The blessing of the Lord, we release it and speak it over your life in the name of Jesus. Okay, take Take that resurrection. Look, every year during Resurrection Seed, we have somebody drop off one of those envelopes, and it's not Good Friday or Easter. Okay. Do not bring those today to this altar. Do not bring them next week or the week out. That's for your Resurrection Seed to be given on either Good Friday or Easter. Okay. But if you want to give something today, if the word moved you and you feel that like the person who brought this one up here, if you just feel I need to give an offering today, you can do that now. We speak the blessing of the Lord over you. If you're watching online and you want to give an offering or a seed, you're welcome to do that now. I pray the blessing over your family, over your children, 
over your grandchildren, over your finances, over your future. I pray the mercy of God will not depart from you. I pray the strength and the beauty and the favor of God be over your life. I speak peace to every storm. I speak peace to every marriage. I speak peace to every home. I speak peace and blessing over every single thing attached to your household. In the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. God bless you. I love you. You can come and give if you have anything. Make sure you take your resurrection seed home. Don't lose it. It's powerful. There's beautiful things attached to it.